0: Everybody. everybody, everybody, everybody.
1: Drop your buff stop your your, your, your. Buddy, 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 drop your
2: but welcome back to drop your buffs. I'm Sean Ross. I am Evan Ross Katz. And just like that, we are 12 episodes down. We have only the finale left of season 41. We are talking today about Survivor 41, episode 12, Truth Kamikaze. Evan, firstly, how are you feeling this morning?
3: (laughs) (laughs) Um, I am uh, running on fumes, but I'm very happy to be here Um, and uh, I just can't believe that uh, last night happened. For those that don't know, I attended the premiere of And Just Like That um, as a guest of SJP. Um, So it literally was funny to go from Barney's, the after party was held at the former Barney space, and then come home and heat up some chicken nuggets and watch some Survivor. That was my night,
2: um, from a high to a low. (laughs) (laughs) So you got back late last night and threw on A great show to fall asleep to, (laughs) this episode of Survivor 41. I don't want to shit on it, but, like, it's... uh, I wouldn't say it was the most exciting episode that we've had so far. Definitely a a bring-a-book episode. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I was just going
3: to say. I think this happens uh, quite often on Survivor, but I think this happens on a lot of reality shows. It makes me think a lot about Drag Race, which is that, like that penultimate episode is really, really tricky. You have the least amount of characters on the show, uh, save for the finale, but the difference being the finale has like the end result that you're sort of pushing mm-hmm. to like, we, we're, we're getting something out of this. The penultimate episode, it's like, you kind of know more or less the tribal division. And on this season in particular, you have, uh, I would say more of a voting block of four than an alliance of four, but you have this voting block of four there's clearly no way for Danny and Deshawn to corral anyone out, which we'll get to that. I thought that was kind of odd, mm-hmm. but like it seemed very much from the outset, it's like this is a four and this is a two. So it really came down to which of the two would go, which as any, you know, viewer of Survivor or reality television knows when it's just a matter of one or two players going home versus like sort of a hot potato of like it could be anyone. It's just less exciting. So Yes, it was a boring episode, but I also just think like I said, the penultimate episode is a tricky one to maneuver out of. Um and I felt like this episode was making a big effort to like bring Erica especially, but also like Heather into the fold of like characters and mm-hmm. it felt very late for both of them, particularly Heather.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I did, you know, t- to echo your first point there, I thought it was strange that we didn't really get like an alternative plan presented to us. Uh, It was either Danny or Deshawn to the point where Danny and Deshawn voted for each other and that there was no real effort on their part that we saw for them to say, look, we've got two votes. There's two of Xander and Ricard and there's two of Erica and Heather. So like, what could we do here? Could we vote out Xander who still has an idol that he can play at the next tribal do we try to take out erica who is starting to emerge as a potential final three threat i mean nobody's really talking about that it's it's weird because we're watching the show and we're thinking about that but the players haven't really discussed erica as a potential winner despite all the talk i mean i shouldn't say all the talk but we've now had two occasions where we've had discussions about Uh, how there haven't been female winners in recent years of Survivor and that maybe now is the time so and I'm not advocating here that like in future seasons men should all (laughs) gather together and vote out the women at the end that's not what I'm looking for but I'm just surprised that it wasn't brought up
3: yeah and not for nothing I mean as you said Xander has an idol and so like First of all, I have, I have much to say about Xander later in the episode, but I will just say like the fact that that wasn't even a consideration to corral your original tribe, because mind you, Danny and Deshawn, and this was sort of spoken about a little bit, but they have this connection to Erica and Heather by way of the fact that they've known them the entire game. Mm-hmm. And there was a comment Erica made, like, we haven't always been playing together, but like, you were playing together for a large swath of the game. Mm-hmm. So it just was odd that there wasn't like, hey, let's you know, get the old gang back together and go after Xander, who clearly should have a target on him, has been playing a really great game. Um, and if you can't get a shot at Ricard, why not make a shot at Xander? And as you said, there was, it didn't seem like Xander was even put in a, to even put in a position where he even thought about having to play his idol. Yeah. That. And then also like no one could find the immunity idol. Yeah. <laughs> Like, yeah. we got the little glimpse of it. This makes me wonder. This is one of those things that's worth considering. The difference between a 26-day game and the 39 is 13 less days to look for idols. And I think that that impacts the game.
2: Yeah, you're probably right. Because Danny had just what a couple minutes to go and look. He uh, yeah. couldn't like revisit the area. Usually, you see people doing you know, clean sweeps of the jungle trying to find these idols. Uh, where we only saw him being able to sneak away for uh, you know a, a few moments. So yeah, you may be right there. Let's get into the recap. We open the episode with some of the fallout uh, from the discussion of the loyalty of the Black Alliance versus the sort of uh, playing the game and the strategy of the season. Uh, that that talk happened at Tribal Council in the previous episode um Deshaun and Danny are sort of still reeling from losing Liana sort of after all of the events of Tribal and Danny's disappointed in Xander who apparently promised Danny that he would vote out Ricard which I thought was interesting and then we see Xander and Danny talking and Xander says like now is the time for Ricard to go if he doesn't win immunity and that was our first indication that Ricard was absolutely winning immunity this episode Uh, And and then the next morning, we sort of see Deshaun have this series of conversations. So we saw Deshaun have this conversation with Danny. Then the next morning, we see Heather and Deshaun talk. Heather gets a rare confessional here. uh, And Deshaun is still upset over voting out Shan. I mean, that's what he's talking about. He's not talking about losing Liana or what happened, uh, not the discussion at Tribal, but sort of like how the voting out of Shan has impacted him sort of like psychologically and emotionally in the game and Heather sort of says like look you can tell me anything I want you to open up to me it was I thought this was like an interesting. I'm still not clear what the relationship is like between Deshaun and Heather or Danny and Heather as you say they've been playing this game together since day one they're both former Luvu members uh, and so she's just sort of like In a way, consoling him and also saying, like, thank you also, because I, you know, this is something that I'm not exposed to in my daily life. And like, it's I'm opening my mind here. And she even has a confessional where she says that she's glad to be part of this season at this time and that this season could make a difference. Hmm. I guess like, I mean,
3: yeah, I thought it was interesting. As you said, I think that's the word to describe it. I wonder. I mean, I don't know Heather. I don't know where she's from. I just find the idea that like you didn't know about racism until going on survivor to be a really strange thing to like feel because I can understand that she might say, I understood this exists, but I've never seen it up so close. Right. I've never been around people uh, and heard direct conversations from friends of mine or people I know talking about the ways in which they, they grapple with uh, racism. Right. Um, but she was kind of saying it as though, like, I had no idea. I, maybe And maybe when she says, I had no idea this exists, maybe she meant in the game of Survivor. But the impression I got was that Heather meant, like, she had no idea that racism exists. I'm not saying that's directly mm-hmm. what she said. But I'm saying the impression felt like, and her making this, like, this season could make a difference. Those statements sort of make it seem like she was talking about something bigger than just Survivor. And I couldn't help but be like, I couldn't help but wonder. I couldn't help but wonder, um, you know, at, at – her age and with, with her life experience and just living in the world, but particularly living in America. Um, and in 2020, cause you know, they, they, a lot of 2020 had happened before they went and filmed this show. Well, this was filmed in 2021 okay, fair enough, that she could be so, like, blithely unaware, I found strange.
2: So, okay, here's the other angle that I looked at this from, which was that what she was saying, similar to how her comments at Tribal last week felt a little bizarre, I think that what she's talking about here is specifically the relationship between Deshawn and Shan. And in that sense, if I look at it through that lens, I can sort of understand what she's saying to some extent here because she's saying, I didn't know this existed. I didn't know that like that that this was something that the Black Alliance was struggling with, that you four were struggling with to have to vote each other out and that that would personally hurt you because of all of this other baggage that you're bringing to the game about uh, and how that affects the idea of you all going to uh, the final four and then that not happening and then potentially sacrificing the opportunity to have a black winner of the season Uh, like i think that that's what she was talking about at least at least in this scene and i suspect that's what she was talking about at tribal but the way that she says it or the way that it's edited i think she it makes her look like a big dum-dum agreed so then we see Deshaun and erica talk and i thought that this was probably the most riveting scene of the episode and the biggest case i have seen in this season so far for a winner edit for erica uh, she is talking to Deshaun, thanking him for sort of being vulnerable at the last Tribal Council. Uh, she says that she has a lot of guilt for voting out Liana, considering the expectations of, from the audience that a woman win this season of Survivor after all of these years and we get not just her saying that to Deshaun and Deshaun says yeah like i you know there's there's this race aspect that we're struggling with there's also a gender aspect that we're struggling with so we're getting the players once again talking about this idea that a woman it's time for a woman to win survivor and then we get this like very heroic confessional from Erica where she's talking about like you know I feel bad for voting out Liana because everybody wants a a female winner and she says but I just hope that female winner is me and I thought that this is a really nice way to set up a potential Erica win just ahead of the finale although like you say it's a little late but I thought that it was like a, a pretty strong scene for Erica
3: yeah I just think that we needed that moment an episode previously, right? We needed her to contend with the complex emotions of not being, not wanting to vote out Liana because of that very reason. We needed to hear that before it actually happened to learn. Cause it's all, this is sort of like after the fact she states, I was grappling with this, but we never saw her grapple with mm-hmm. it. So it just came off as an easy vote. And look, I'm seeing a lot of, you know, if you talk to a lot of people in my ether about who they want to win season 41, if it's not Ricard, it's Erica. There's a lot of, like, um, you know, corralling of the fandom around wanting this Erica win. And I'm not not for it, but it's really not supported in the edit until, like, tonight. I totally agree with you. That was very much a hero edit in that moment. And so, I mean, yeah, we've talked about this, who we're rooting for. And I, I feel like we're both kind of, like, rooting for Ricard and we're both kind of rooting for Erica. But I do wish like Erica, there were more, both strategic moments from Erica, but just more moments in general to go off of because I think like in that moment, she was sort of flattened to be like her gender only, but it's like Erica is a woman of color, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's like Erica's win would be historic for reasons outside of her just being a woman. Um, She'd be the second brown woman to win, no? Her and Sandra. Uh I would have to think about that. Yeah, maybe. So that's huge. Like, this is just one of those moments of survivors sort of forgetting its history. Yeah. Because it's it's a huge moment that she could achieve, not just because of her gender, but also because of her race.
2: Um She would be the first just, Asian female winner, would she not?
3: She'd be the first Asian female winner, yes, and also just the second Asian winner since you. So yeah, okay, mm-hmm. that's even bigger, right? Like mm-hmm. Okay, so there's just, there's a lot of history to be made with Erica's win beyond just her gender because, okay, if we're looking at it from this route, if she's the first Asian female winner, she's the first. If she's the first, if she's the female winner this season, if we're just looking at it through that lens, it's the first in like seven seasons. Mm-hmm. It's like, don't get me wrong. We've had a long run of male winners, but it's not like a, it's just, it's six seasons of male winners, right? But like, we've, but what, if if Yule was the last winner and that's, uh, Asian winner and that's Season, what, 13? It's like, it, I can't do all this math. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of history that the show is sort of not giving itself. Actually, I don't want to say the show could, should give itself credit because it's actually, in some sense, yeah. a shameful history. <laughs> um, so, but I'm just saying there's ways in which that Erica's win is far more historic than it's being made out to be by Erica herself. And maybe she said that we didn't see it, but it's like, I think that there's uh, the desire to get behind Erica's win is not solely based on the fact that she is female. Yeah, that said, I also want more from Erica. Yeah, and I, I do
2: think that if Erica wins, I have a lot of critiques for the show, because if she wins, they treated her like shit as a winner, in my opinion. I mean, I know that she's gotten this lovely edit towards the end, but to make her completely invisible up until this point, if she wins, I think is unforgivable, and I mean, and, we'll, and just goes to the fact that the show has learned nothing from this entire thing.
3: I mean, I was recently rewatching the first two episodes of Samoa with a friend of mine and I had particular eyes on Natalie because I was just like I really didn't remember her from the preseason and the reason I didn't remember her is because she's not on the show. Mm-hmm. And so yes, I think there is definitely we'll we'll do a we'll table this long form conversation, but there is something to be said about just like sort of like the editors of this show and and the there is a such thing like there is a winner edit in every season whether or not it's like a conscious one or not that's a different mm-hmm. conversation but there is a winner edit right there's just if you watch the edit of the winner mm-hmm. that's what we're talking about mm-hmm. here and yes this one uh if not Ricard or Deshaun at this point we have a and, and Xander to an extent but Xander kind of dropped out character wise um quite a bit anyway I, but this just to say that like yes uh, I definitely think it will be worth examining Erica's edit in great detail if she does win this season.
2: Yeah. Okay, let's go to the reward challenge. We can make this one quick. We are playing a water basketball sort of challenge for a prize of chicken and vegetables or cake, cookies, and candy. Hello, Angie from Survivor Philippines, her impact.
0: Angie, finish that same sentence. If I could change one thing about this tribe,
2: that we could have cookies. This, uh, I, even when Jeff said it, I was like, oh, chicken and vegetables or cake, cookies and candy? Like, first of all, it's a clear choice. No, we're not having the it's cake. It's so clear. You've been starving like clear these and, people.
3: It, yeah, exactly. Like, what on earth? I have a question for you, just quickly, about this reward challenge. Uh, and I, I just feel like the challenges this season have, I guess this must be a COVID thing now that I'm saying it out loud, but it's like the challenges this season have just been pretty like unexciting for the most part. There was a couple, there was that really fun one when they were like going up the walls and everything and had to build the human pyramid. But for the most part, just like swimming, pushing a ball over and then trying to like dunk a basket is like, I just feel like we've gotten a lot of like very similar challenges this season. I'm surprised
2: that with all of this time off, they weren't able to develop new challenges. Yeah,
3: yeah. Um, because so, all of these challenges, well, it, for the yeah. most
2: part, have been played before. Uh, maybe not the huge ball challenge at the merge, which ended up being right. like not a challenge because if you won, you lost. <laughs> but we don't need to rehash that. But this one that. also
3: was like this was really easy. It was just like swim out, jump, like climb up a ladder and go down, push a ball, and then get like it just felt very. Uh, the fact that everyone was, like, the fact that Eric and Heather were neck and neck there at the end just kind of went to show how, it's, it underlined for me how easy it was. <laughs> yeah. We'll say though, I was surprised. I was expecting more from Danny um, uh, being able, the fact that he had to sort of just like, was not able to make it happen and had well, to switch off to Ricard. He's a
2: football player. He's not a basketball player. That's true. But
3: In my mind, it's like, if you're good at sport, it's like, this is what I know about sports, which is like, if you're good at one sport, you are just good at sports, Yeah, uh, is how I understand sports yeah. to be played. But yeah, no, there, there must be some nuance.
2: Okay, but I want to talk about Deshaun's reaction to the reward itself when Jeff announced uh, uh, that they're going to get chicken or, or candy, basically. And, uh, you know, Jeff says, this is it worth playing for? And Deshaun's basically like, uh, actually, no, it's not. And I love that because... The rewards have got... I mean, we got a voice memo about this last week, right? Where someone was watching Micronesia and they were talking about this incredible reward where they get flown away. And and like, usually you have one of those sort of at this point, right towards the finale, there's like a big reward for not just a pat on the back for getting this far, but like you've been without luxuries for so long. Here's an opportunity to like go stay on a yacht or go stay in a hotel or in a resort or whatever. Uh, go get a massage, whatever, and have a feast. And here it's like, you want some chicken? It's, like, it's just a, a sad reward. And I, I don't know whether they're doing it because they're having like budgetary constraints or because COVID has uh, impacted the ability to like send them off to a resort. But this seems to be a thing that's been happening in the past few seasons where the rewards are getting more and more lackluster and on one hand I don't mind it because it reminds me of the old school rewards where it was like you get a handful of Doritos or something but as we get towards the end I really do think that a big reward is nice to see and nice for the players and can really sometimes change up the game depending on who's going on it and who's taking who Uh, if it's not teams if it's an individual reward uh, it can really shake up the game and here They try to pitch that it's going to shake up the game. Maybe maybe it will, but uh, it's just like the chicken and the veggies, not that exciting.
3: I also just thought it was interesting that Deshaun made the comment about wanting the letter from home, and as soon as he made it, in my head, I turned to Billy, and I was like, oh, they're going to change up the reward when he wins. Um, But that did not happen. So it was one of those odd moments of like, why did they include that moment in the edit if it's not going to like reap any result? Because it really wasn't like character building it just kind of <laughs> was throwing the show under the bus. Um so I do appreciate them keeping it in, but I just was like usually moments like that are sort of like indicators about what's to come. As like for instance, when you see a player that you haven't seen for a long time get a bunch of confessionals mm-hmm. in an episode. I recently got to Kim Spradlin's boot on Winners at War and all of a sudden at the top of the episode Kim's talking a lot and I'm like, "All right, goodbye Kim." Yeah. So there's just oftentimes indicators present in the show but like that one led to nothing but well it feels
2: like Deshaun is getting a little like thrown under the bus by the edit in some ways I mean we're just seeing this narrative of Deshaun being really sloppy and that's I mean that's gonna really climax here at the end of this episode uh at at Tribal where he drops the Xander calls it truth kamikaze um, we've just seen like this this story about Deshaun for the past few episodes. And actually, if you think back to the beginning of the season, how he wanted to throw the challenge to get Erica out like multiple weeks in a row uh, and, and that that was pitched to us as a very bad idea. It just seems like Deshaun is getting one of the most complex story arcs of the season. And it's that he doesn't necessarily fully grasp all of the concepts of the game. And I don't think that this is one of those moments, but it's like, oh, Deshaun's being a big baby again because he's not getting his way. But actually, I think he's right. We don't want cake and chocolate. Right. Like. So anyways, in the reward, as we alluded to, uh, uh, the the team that wins, so they're separated into teams, uh, the team that wins is Xander, Erica, and Deshaun. They get, uh, they get their chicken. They choose the chicken and veggies. Uh, they go back to camp and they're enjoying their chicken. Xander says to them all that people at home are going to be asking, why the hell aren't you taking it Ricard? Because he's going to win. And Deshaun is like ready to pounce at this. He offers Xander and Erica a final three deal. But in a confessional, he also says he doesn't trust them at all. But this is going to like carry through this episode and possibly into the finale because Xander, Erica, and Deshaun seem pretty okay with telling each other that yeah, this, it's not a bad final three. And and part of that rationale, which we see a little bit later, is that Deshaun and Erica have this conversation where he's saying, "Look, we've all played really different games and." So often in the final three, you have people who were in an alliance together, who made all the same moves in lockstep, and then you're arguing over whose idea it was to make the move. And in this case, we don't have that. We can just have a fair shot, all three of us, and the jury decides which game they prefer the best, which I think it's it's an interesting strategy because... As a viewer, I really like that. Like that's ideal survivor. You get to the end with two people who are unlike you and the jury says like, this is the one that we're rewarding. You get uh, potential for a three-way split, not tie, but like to split the votes three ways, which so often that does not happen. So often the third place uh, gets zero votes. So I like that as a viewer, as a player, I think I would still be like, no, I'm taking Heather to the end. Any any three of them would want to take Heather to the end. So, what do you think about this? Uh, what what did what did uh, Erica call this? The chicken, the chicken alliance, the chicken reward I, final three.
3: <laughs> I just think it's unnecessary to have conversations about like alliances and whatnot ahead of the immunity challenge. It's like there's just, I mean as we saw play out when Ricard went and won the immunity, sorry to spoil, uh, that conversation became obsolete. So I just thought it was a lot of time to dedicate to something that ultimately was going to have no impact on the game.
2: I think it will have an impact on the game though. I think maybe Perhaps, not this but episode, I but I think going into the finale, like I think the chicken reward final three is a very viable final three.
3: Mm, I just don't see how that's advantageous for And Zander. I think
2: that I think Deshaun stays because of the chicken reward final three.
3: But why are you taking Heather out?
2: You mean ahead of the final three? Yeah. Uh, if
3: What's you're Erica, maybe you
2: want Heather out, so she'll vote for you on the jury.
3: Mm, that that seems a little strange to me. I feel like if you're any of the four of them, anyone in, left in the game besides Heather should want Heather by their side at that final
2: three. Yeah, I agree but, with you. I agree with perhaps. you. But I I do think there's a case to be made that e- Erica's a savvy player. And she may be concerned about the number of votes she has on the jury and the number of advocates she has on the jury because we had like Shan just saying that she's sneaky and untrustworthy the whole game. And so that may be like influencing the jury if Shan still feels that way and not in a positive way. And so to, you know, we've seen in the past, I can't think of a specific example, but we've seen in the past where people say like, I, I'm sending An ally to the jury in the hopes that they're going to advocate for me and hopefully respect me in the end for taking them out and like it might help sway some of the other jury members and I think Heather like I don't see Heather really being the type to be uh, really vindictive against Erica if she were voted out by her Uh, I do think that Heather would serve that purpose so I'm not saying it's the strategy I would go with, but I'm trying to, to rationalize a, a chicken reward final three. Fair. Okay. Meanwhile, while uh, just ahead of the immunity challenge, uh, Heather, Danny, and Ricard are back at camp doing camp things, and Danny takes an opportunity to go idol hunting, which we mentioned earlier in the episode. They show us the hidden immunity idol or, or advantage or whatever it was wrapped up just in front of Danny's feet. Uh, but they leave us hanging, and they don't tell us whether or not he found it. And I thought like, okay, we're going to get a flashback to where Danny found the idol. Uh, but uh, spoiler, he didn't find it. So I-, I don't know why they're showing this stuff. I mean, I know that maybe it plays somewhat into the vote if they think that Danny has an idol. And that So of course, that's why they split the vote, etc. But it just feels like, because this is the second unfound advantage this season, of course there was the Woken Sander on the sit-out bench in the challenge, it feels like it, they're kind of just rubbing it in the players' faces that like they're not smart enough to find our hidden immunity idols and things like that. And it does make me wonder, again, how much of this happens in past seasons because when we watch past seasons, we just assume, oh, they fat like there was a hidden immunity idol planted and then they found it. And then, then there was another one planted and then they found it. Were there other things floating around in past seasons that just weren't found?
3: Yeah. I mean, also there's two idols out there. There's Nasir's idol and Shan's idol. And, and so you would think that someone would be able to find an idol. And you mentioned this last week and it persists again. no, idol play in the game and very limited conversation. There was even very limited conversation around Xander's idol and, Mm -hmm. you know, strategizing around it. This just seems like a very, it's funny for, I was going to say, this seems like a very pure season. It's not on the, on the early, on the, on the first half, it was like, you know, all these bizarre advantages and whatnot. But in the end, I really think that it's been also, you know, with the shot in the dark, etc. But all things considered, this has been a very pure season.
2: It's been, yeah, it's been an old school season, even in the way that like the relationships work. Uh, and we'll see what happens in the end game, but it, it does feel very old school to me. And I've really enjoyed it for that. Uh, the thing, the, my biggest complaint is, The players losing their vote when they would find the Beware advantage. I think that that's just not fair. Uh, But otherwise, it's really played out like an old school season. And I think that the number of twists and advantages they've placed in the game and the way that they work uh, has really—they've really shot themselves in the foot with this. I'll be really curious because, of course, Forty Two filmed, you know, back to back with Forty One. I would imagine that most of the same uh, advantages and twists are going to pop up in 42, maybe even new ones. And I can't wait to see how the cast of 42 deals with them. Are we going to get another season that feels a little bit old school where people are not playing their advantages because they're too... They're too out there. They're too known by everybody else. Or are they just going to go in guns a blazing? I think it could go either way, but it'll be like a really interesting little experiment for the show uh, to see how far they can push this.
3: Yeah. I mean, I'm really, I mean, not to jump ahead, but I am really interested in sort of like how they're going to handle 42 on the whole, because it's like 41 was, has this like sort of packaging of like, you know, the drop the four, keep the one, but Mm -hmm. it's like, they can't really bring that around. Keep the two. Yeah. And yet this season was filmed with 41 and these players too are like living in a world, a a very different world than the world as it is now. Um, So for instance, it's just like, I think that similar conversations are going to feel old even though they would happen yeah. just a few months later. So I'm really curious to see sort of like how the show maneuver. And for instance, it's like, say they do that three-way idol split uh, again and the phrases and everything. It's like, how does that get received now by us, the viewers, who who it sort of becomes old, old hat at this point, you know, even though yeah. it's just a second go around. It'll be interesting.
2: Yeah, it'll also be really interesting. I, I have to imagine that there will be conversations about race in 42 and in, in the way that there were in 41 because again we're getting uh, a 50 percent or more uh cast made up of people of color and i i think that in any scenario where that's the case uh, and especially in 42 where 41 has not aired and they don't know what 41 looked like that you know this is this the social experiment of survivor it's going to come up and i wonder how survivor is going to handle that because my concern mm. is that they're going to start treating it like uh, this is like we've done this story.
3: We did the conversation. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I
2: hope that that's not the case, but it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. OK, so Danny comes back from his little idol hunt and uh, Ricard notices he's got like a pep in his step and he's humming a tune to himself. I couldn't help but think of the shantham and maybe we've got the dantham here, although we didn't hear the tune. Uh <laughs> They may not have been able to uh, score that one in time for the episode like they did the Shantham. But uh, now now there's a couple moving parts here. So Xander's already got his idol. Ricard and Heather are pretty convinced that Danny may have found an idol, uh, which of course he didn't. Uh, And then we've got somebody about to win uh, immunity. So that's where we're at. Then the next morning, day 23, we only have six days left after this. I mean... We only have three days left after this, it's day 23. Uh, I love these shots of them sitting on the beach watching the sunrise every morning. It's something that has happened in I think almost every episode and I just realized it's like something that's like really subtly placed into this season that gives us a real sense of the environment and the beach and the camp life and it's like even though all of this interpersonal drama is going on it's like every morning if you go back and watch the episodes every morning they sit together and watch the sunrise and you get these like just incredible shots of the sun uh hitting their faces and they always have these like pretty important to the story conversations around this time. And uh, it's been a real nice through line of the season that I can't remember in other, the other Fiji based seasons is happening every morning. And uh, it's been a, it's been a way to like, despite this being filmed on the same Island as the last, like what 10 season, how long have they been here? Uh, Not 10, but close to that seasons. Um, It's been a nice way to like differentiate this because I think this is how I'm going to remember like this location is these sunrise moments. It's a little bit of a tangent. But we go to the water well with Deshaun and Erica and they revisit this idea of the Xander Erica Deshaun final three, the chicken reward final three. There's one important piece of information that comes out here which is that Deshaun is trying to get Erica to say that she would consider getting rid of Heather ahead of the final three. And he manages to do that. She she says exactly what I said earlier about how Heather played the same game as her and she doesn't want to have to sit there and differentiate her game from Heather. She just wants to be able to lay it out in front of the jury that this is my game and this is why it deserves to win. And of course, Deshaun is going to use this information a little later in the episode. We even get a confessional of him saying, you know, I really wanted to get that piece of information. I don't know how I'm going to use it, but I am going to use it. We can debate whether he used it rightly or wrongly uh, a little later. Let's go to the immunity challenge. The players have to first spin to unspool a coil of rope, which serves only to get them nice and dizzy. Then they will cross a balance beam to collect a puzzle piece, and then move on to solve a six word puzzle in sort of like a Tetris style uh, puzzle. The coil of rope here is iconic like i I don't know if they've done this before i know they've gotten them dizzy before but i can't remember this specific like mechanism Uh, i just love to watch people get dizzy and i love that they planted a little camera on the the coil of rope so that you got these like it's like a sort of an old school it reminds me of like old school amazing race or like the mole would have the like head cams um i really like getting that pov through the challenge so after they unspool and then they're all dizzy heather's really struggling like here we get another moment i think there's like a bigger conversation we can have about jeff and heather and the challenges because heather's really struggling with the balance beam she's very dizzy and jeff goes heather's struggling that's okay heather you've struggled before keep digging like yeah I don't know here it's 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 happened so many times now and it's like well yeah Jeff we know she struggled before you've pointed it out and every time she does it doesn't really turn out very well for Heather
3: right. I also just thought this was such a boring challenge. I think that at this point when, you know, when you have uh, like we were talking about earlier, like this 4-2 split, you need an endurance challenge. You need something that allows the heart and sort of like the grit to come into it more because at the end of the day, like if you're not good at puzzles, you're not winning this challenge um, or if you're not mm-hmm. fast enough at puzzles, you're not winning this challenge. So I just felt like we have never been led to believe that Danny and Deshaun are good at puzzles. That's just never been a, a part of the narrative. We haven't been told they're bad at them. It's just never you know, it'd be one thing if we went into this challenge being like Danny Deshaun need this. Oh, and, and Danny or Deshaun have the secret up their pocket. Not secret, but like we know the fact that they are really good at puzzles it also was just such a simple challenge. Like I, I mean, at, at the end of the day, the unspooling and then getting across the, that little balance beam, they all were more or less mm. save it for Heather. They all were more or less sort of like there together. So I felt like we needed, I don't know, you know what I could have used at this, at this moment was, you know, the giant maze that they do yeah. with the various stations and they're blindfolded. Yeah. I felt like it just needed something a little bit more grand because when you have a circumstance that feels this inevitable, then to have such a boring challenge on it felt it was just like the show. It, it almost felt like production was just kind of like exhausted at this point.
2: Yeah, not only are the players exhausted, production is exhausted, yeah. and they're like, "Well, we've yeah. got this old balance beam." Uh, I I feel like. Yeah, so to your point about who's good at what, I felt like uh, this is a challenge that Erica could have really excelled at. We know that Erica's good at puzzles. The, the sort of the narrative we've gotten this season is Erica's good at puzzles and Ricard's kind of like all around pretty good at challenges. And so, like, that's sort of who it should have come down to. But it actually came down to Deshaun and Ricard uh, just trying to fit their puzzle together correctly in the end. In the end, uh, Ricard. Wins the challenge by spelling out, Don't make this vote your last. Uh, and this gives him his third individual immunity win. Uh, Ricard now has four individual wins. We will talk about this a little later. I think we have a voice memo about this, but I do want to put this into context historically.
3: Can I add one thing? Yeah. Uh, don't make this vote your last makes no sense because if you're a jury member, you vote for the winner. <laughs> I'm sorry, but, like, isn't that true? Like, it wouldn't be your last. Like, there, you get more than one whether or not you win, whether or not you continue on in the game or continue on in the game via the jury. So, I don't know. just want to point that, that out. That
2: is true. Take it up with Jeff. What do you say in the premiere? <laughs> it's at Jeff Probst. I'm not going to read it. <laughs> Great. Okay. <laughs> okay, so it's time to come up with plan B, as Erica says, because now the person that we were going to vote out uh, has won immunity, as as often happens on this show. So let me break down the strategy that happens pre-tribal. Danny and Deshawn are resigned to the fact that one of the two of them is going to go home. And then Xander and Heather are considering which of Danny or Deshawn are more likely to beat Ricard in the next immunity challenge. I think this is interesting because Xander at this point, it's the first time we're seeing Xander fully turn on Ricard. Uh, I think that in previous episodes, if the consideration was there, it was sort of like a manipulated uh, point of view for us where it was like uh, I have the feeling that up until this week Xander has been pretty tight with Ricard we sort of talked about this a little bit in our past couple episodes but this is the point where he's sort of realizing like okay Ricard's the the threat to win and if I have any shot of getting to the final three and winning Ricard can't be there Uh, And so we're seeing him have conversations with his allies without Ricard there about voting Ricard out. It's not like he's talking to Danny about voting Ricard out like last week. So, uh, you know, so he's now plotting. They're basically trying to say, like, who can we keep that will beat Ricard so that Ricard is vulnerable at the next vote? Uh, Erica tells Heather that they should split the vote between Deshaun and Danny and send Danny home. This of course, is what happens, right? So again, I think we have another little like I think it's just something to add to the resume for Erica. I don't think it's like a stellar move or any. like it's a good move, but it's not like a, it's not like a big blockbuster move. but uh, we get quite a bit from Erica in terms of putting this plan together. Uh, she says that Danny's actually the lesser threat because no one knows what his game was, so in a final three scenario, he could be less likely to win, but that Deshaun promised her final three, so it's in her best interest to keep him around. Erica convinces Ricard that Deshaun should stay, saying he could beat Deshaun in anything, but she's kind of like, she's just feeding him a story so that he goes along with her plan. And Ricard is a little suspicious of this because He sees the possibility that Deshaun, Erica, and Heather could be aligned from the Luvu days, which I think is interesting because it's it's not actually what's happening, but it's close. And uh, again, like just interesting edit here where Erica lays out the plan that we're about to see go down into action and explains why it's in her best interest and her best interest only. Danny reveals to Deshaun that he's a former NFL player in this moment, which is... mm, I thought this had already happened because uh, we talked about this in an earlier episode. I think it was the merge episode, the first time that all of the Luvu members went to tribal council. And Jeff said to Danny, like, what's it like walking into tribal council? I mean, you're so used to walking into big arenas. And I remember in the recap that we did that I was like, oh, I guess it came out that he's an NFL player. But apparently not. He must have covered that by just talking about playing football. Uh, but not professionally. So uh, it was a cute moment, but it was like a real indication that Dan- Danny's going home tonight because uh, yeah, you know, exactly. he's revealing something about his past and it's like a cute little moment between the two of them. Uh, uh, finally, one more thing I want to point out before tribal. Deshawn says he wants Heather and Erica to, quote, remember the days when it was just the three of us. This I thought was really interesting because unfortunately we have no idea what this means because LuVu got zero screen time pre-merge. Uh, my impression from the early episodes was that Danny, Deshaun, and Sydney were the three. Uh, so where this Deshaun, Erica, Heather, just the three of us thing is coming from is beyond me but I feel like it's revealing something that we didn't know about. Evan, any thoughts on the strategy here and getting Danny out? No, no. <laughs> sorry,
3: I really don't. I just like uh, yeah. I, I, for, I, I no, and this it's just for me. It was always just like let's just like get to the vote. Not and I feel the same way about like the conversation around it. It's like I appreciate you contextualizing it for the listeners, but for me, I'm kind of like it all. All it needs is the context. I don't think there's a lot of like to like excavate beyond this is this is what happened.
2: Yeah, like, I think the thing for me, which which I sort of already touched on, was that uh, it seems like a concerted effort. Uh, on behalf of production to put Erica in the driver's seat here on this vote because Erica's going to need a resume if she's going to the final three. And like, yeah, she came up with the split vote uh, in the Shan situation, but it's like, I don't think that that was like a big move. I mean, she was just, it's just a split vote. Uh, where here she's having to make a decision between two people Again, I don't think it really matters. Like, I think, could Danny have done better than Deshaun in a Final Three scenario? I don't know. I think they've yes, both I got... Yes, I think he could have. Do you? Okay.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I think for sure.
2: Okay. So so it was not her best
3: that, I think what we... Well, yeah, I think what we got last week uh, with a very Danny-centric episode just went to show it's like, he's a family man, he's a father, he's a husband... He, like, the, uh, the goodness of Danny came through last week. And I'm not to say Deshaun is not good, but I think that there was a quality where if I were on the jury, it's like Danny would be a good representative for the show Survivor. Mm. And I'm not, again, not saying Deshaun wouldn't, but I just look at someone like Danny and it's like, he has a lot of, he just has a lot of character um, and poise. And just like, he just seems like, there's, I don't know. It's like everything I'm saying, I feel like. <laughs> dig i feel like i'm saying the opposite about deshaun which is not my intention but i don't know i just think that i think the jury sees uh a, a quality in danny that would make him a good winner
2: yeah and, and also i guess if i'm thinking about the final three i think danny could make a very good case for himself he's a good speaker he's eloquent he's interesting he's thoughtful where what we've seen of deshaun is is a little bit messy right yes. so okay Uh, Yeah, I just think that what was interesting about all of this is the Erica of it all. So we'll see how this plays into the finale, if at all. I suspect it will. Uh, But is it like a huge move? No, it's not. Okay, let's go to Tribal. Deshaun and Danny call out Xander, Erica, and Heather for not taking Ricard out the last tribal when they had the chance. And I thought that Erica, like once again, had a really good moment here because she responds to this critique by stating that she had a relationship with Ricard and he's given her no reason not to trust him to this point, whereas Liana had actually voted for Erica in the past and therefore her best move to stay in the game just a few more days is actually to eliminate Liana and stick with what she knows. I really liked that answer from Erica because I think it would be really easy to crumble under that criticism, especially with Ricard sitting there with individual immunity. You'd be like, yeah, like, yeah, we probably should have gotten him out. But this is like a strong way to, in front of the jury, say, I made the best choice for my game and we will see that play out tonight because I'm not in trouble, right? Deshaun then decides to drop a truth bomb, revealing that Erica said she doesn't want to go to the end with Heather. This felt like a big last-minute scramble from Deshaun. Uh, You know, we we saw him collect this piece of information a little earlier and say that he might use it in the future. He doesn't know how, and here he is using it. Heather seems like kind of shaken up by this. I think Erica handled it pretty well. Ricard basically says like Deshaun why would you even do this because you don't know where the vote's landing tonight and if you're still here how is this plan that you're dropping the truth about going to pan out if you've just blown it up so big messy moment from Deshaun here in front of the jury I think it's like a bodes very badly for him potentially do you have anything to say about the truth bomb
3: I don't think it was a truth bomb. It's the game of Survivor. So I just feel like at any point, like perhaps you're going to entertain conversations yeah. about taking out someone in your alliance. So I just don't think, first of all, the two of them as a pair are hardly like, it's not like a Stephen JT situation yeah. from what we've seen narratively. It's not Shannon it's like, Ricard. No, exactly. So I, I just think the idea, him thinking he had like this big, this like a uh, big, again, as he as he said, a truth bomb It's the game of Survivor. I think at any time you are doing the numbers to think, even whether it be your worst enemy or your closest alliance member, what does the game look like if I take you out Mm -hmm. week one, week two, week three, week four? So I just thought that was very odd. But I agree with you that Erica's composure during that was good because there's a world in which you kind of blow up in that moment. And it's like, how dare you accuse me of that? And you throw yourself under the bus unknowingly just because you're acting out of emotion. And I thought Erica really kept her emotions in check there yeah but like yeah it's sloppy just uh sloppy gameplay from deshaun and and we i mean deshaun's interesting well i really will be curious to sort of go back and once once our journey is over with deshaun to look at like his arc on the show
2: i have to wonder whether the vote changed at all at tribal and the only reason i say that is because deshaun got so messy that it could have been like They could have just all or maybe it just solidified their idea, but they could have just been like, look, like, obviously, we're keeping him look at look at what he's doing in front of the jury. Like, we all have a chance of beating him in the final three. Uh, But, you know, if some of them were considering keeping Danny around because he might be able to beat Ricard and immunity, like it could have swayed something. But uh, I don't know. Hard to say. As expected, they split the vote between Danny and Deshaun and on the revote, Danny goes home. Tiffany this says to the jury I just didn't want to see him go. Uh, this is interesting because like to your point I guess like the jury was behind Danny and, and what that suggests to us is that they are not behind Deshaun and you know we, of course we've got Shan on the jury who uh, we know is a very convincing person and is able to sway opinion and you know we saw what she had to say about Deshaun. I wonder whether Deshawn's uh, speech last week changed her mind at all or uh, had her sympathizing with him a little bit more. Uh, I'd be curious about that but like clearly uh, they made the right choice if the jury is saying this on their way out. Jeff then announces to the players that they will go straight from tribal to a brand new island where they'll have minimal supplies and will be starting over. He says in the next three days, you'll have two immunity challenges, two tribal councils, and a fire making challenge and a winner. So that's it. That's how we're going into the finale. What do you think about this twist of going to start fresh on a new island? Cue the Whoopi
3: Goldberg Okay. Um, I, I don't get it. Why? Also, am I supposed to believe that they're going to go home in the pitch black and just be told to make a new shelter in the middle of the night? That I just... I hope so.
2: Crunchy. I, 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 I really like then. this.
3: This is the thing. Well, I, I like it if we're going to see it, if it has any kind of consequence. But it's like Survivor, modern Survivor tends to do this thing where it's like, we're told that this thing is happening. And then it has no impact on the game to our, to our you know, viewing. So, yeah, let's, I hope the next episode begins with them arriving back at camp and, you know. Again, splitting that um, what's the stuff that they make the shelter out of? Bamboo. Bamboo. And then they exp- yeah. yeah, and then they splice <laughs> it in half, right? So like, let's give me those shots of Heather with the machete splitting the bamboo. Yeah. Then I'll be satisfied. Yeah. Uh.
2: At that, at that point, I feel like it's just like three days. We're not building a shelter. Like, we'll fucking yeah. But also,
3: like beach. uh, again, the, <laughs> to talk, you know, we haven't mentioned Mike White at all during this episode. So let's mention him now. Like, is it fun? Why are we doing this? That's another big question we can add to like, maybe Mike White's arsenal of questions. It's like, what is this? What is this adding?
2: I, I have to disagree. I think that this is really fun. I love that they have to just be like thrown into this because, Hey, we've been, we've been told this is the hardest season of survivor ever. And like, yeah, some of it's been hard they they didn't get food for a long time and i understand but like he, the, this is hard like you're in the end game like you just want to like plan out how the hell you're going to get to the final three and now you have nothing again you're starting over because they've got a pretty cozy setup over there uh at the viacana beach so i like that they're getting thrown into this new environment and it kind of reminds me of you know an island of the idols where they went to the island of the idols for like the end Uh, Mm -hmm. it's different because there they had a palatial mansion (laughs) that Rob built that they could live in. Uh, But Uh, here it's like, it's just like a little bit different. It makes sets the finale apart in in terms of the environment and the mood. Maybe Uh, we saw in the preview for the finale that they're running around looking for like one final advantage. Uh, And so that reminds me of Island of the Idols. Remember the uh, Tommy and Dean hunting for the idol. Um, I
3: do. I do. I I still would argue though. I feel like I, It'd be, if, 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 to me, if you have a, if this is a punishment and a punishment needs to, you have to like earn a punishment, right? So it's like, I'm all for starting over and building a new shelter, but for all of them to do it at this juncture, I guess I just, I don't know why. I'm not disagreeing with you that I, yes, it's interesting. Definitely makes the game harder, sure. But it should have, like, it. It I would have needed, like, I wanted Jeff to maybe have, like, a Tyra Banks top model moment where he's just, like, really mad at the cast for not bringing it in Tribal. And it's, like, as a result of, like, not bringing the drama, I'm sending you to a new beach, and you're going to have to rebuild your shelter. It just needed something to justify. It just feels like throwing a, a twist in for the sake of a twist in something that we'll never even see. So, yeah, Jeff, get mad.
2: Okay. We'll see how this plays out. Okay, One of us is going to be right and one of us is going to be wrong. Exactly. Okay, we have our final five. Xander, Ricard, Heather, Erica, and Deshaun. Let's do voicemails, then we can make like a final prediction, maybe a final winner pick uh, after. Or maybe one of our voicemails asks us. I don't remember. Okay, let's hear from Abby.
4: Hey, Sean and Evan. This is Abby from Milwaukee. I'll try to keep this one short. Um... I just finished the episode and my biggest takeaway was the editing of the episode was so frustrating. At the very beginning when Desha- when Danny was looking for the idol, I appreciate when they point out the idol, but I don't like that little like light up thing they do to the idol. Like they should trust the viewer enough that we can see that that is an idol. It always bothers me and kind of takes me out of it a bit when they feel the need to light up the idol. So that was just frustrating. And then at the end – Um, I'm sure you both found this a little bit annoying, too. When they showed Xander voting for Deshaun, it immediately told me right away that Danny was the one going home. So I think they should trust their audience a little bit more and, like, know that we're going to pick up on that. Like, you can't just show a vote in that circumstance when it's so obvious which way it's going to go if you do that. Thanks for the podcast. Excited to hear your guys' thoughts.
3: Thanks, Abby. So wait, Abby, is Abby saying that... um... We didn't see a vote for Danny. We only saw a vote for Deshaun. Uh,
2: I can't remember if we did see a vote for Danny or not, but I think what she's saying is that when we saw Xander vote for Deshaun, it became clear that it was like a misdirection, I guess, and that Danny would be going home. I Like, okay, Abby, I agree with you on the immunity idols. We are not dumb. We are not stupid. We we can tell that there is a hidden immunity idol there. We were able to do it for like 20 years before they started lighting them up. We do not need the highlights. This is not uh, children's programming. Okay.
3: Well, I do just want to add though, to Abby's point about maybe sometimes like the show, uh, not trusting us, not trusting mm-hmm. our intelligence. I would say that I don't, and I've thought about this. I don't think that Survivor thinks that its audience is dumb. So much is that I don't think Survivor respects its audience's intelligence. And I think there's, those are not the same thing. Mm. I think that there are shows out there that treat their audience like idiots. And I don't think that's what this show mm. does. But to Abby's point, I do think they can trust us a little bit more to pick up on things and not need to like. And also trust the fact that if certain people don't pick up what they're putting down, um, then that viewer misses out, right? Like th- that certain viewers are going yeah. to glean more information uh, because they're watching at a higher level. And that's a wonderful thing, right? That like lots of people can watch a show and take away various things. For instance, um, the so, the the racial bias or the gender bias implicit in the show, a lot of people have been picking on up on that from the yeah. outset of the show. This is not a new conversation and not because it's been a part of the narrative of the show, but because they've picked up on it. So yeah, I, I definitely think uh, it's just more a matter of respecting um the audience more.
2: Yeah. Uh, but I, I do have to differ on the Deshaun vote because I actually thought that maybe Deshaun would be going home. Like, I, I, it was a little bit up in the air for me because Xander voting for him is one thing, but it was Xander's confessional saying your truth bomb was more of a truth kamikaze and that that's the title of the episode and that I thought that might have like a stronger impact than Deshawn just getting through to the next round so uh, I that wasn't a big tip off for me that Danny was going to go home. Okay let's hear from Kathleen.
5: Hi Evan and Sean this is Kathleen calling from Astoria, Queens. Um, The first thing that I have to do is put my hat into the Heather casting ring I think Heather's life story could be played by Nicolette Sheridan just think on it for a moment. Honestly, looks wise, I see it. I can also see her if maybe the Heather story gets a little bit more devious and dark. I think she could go to those moments. Um, I just have to shout out Evan. Like I never watched Survivor before this season and I follow him on Instagram and started watching season one at the same time that I started watching season 41, which has been very interesting as I kind of slowly make my way through the old seasons and seeing how different everything is. But I think this week especially, as Danny is the player that went home, I think he is such an interesting player to watch in this season in contrast with older seasons because I wonder if he would have fared better in an older season. He reminds me a lot of like a Colby from Survivor Africa you know, this kind of all American jock, very noble, like will not be playing mind games or anything like that. And it's funny to me, like a friend of mine, her parents watched Survivor and her dad was like, oh, Danny's definitely gonna win. And I was like, no, he's not. He's not got the social game. But anyway, I was just wondering what your perspective on and if you think Danny's fate would have been different in an earlier season.
2: So just to be clear, I don't think Colby ever played Survivor Africa. But I'll let that slide. (laughs)
3: <laughs> Sean
2: <laughs> I've made mistakes like that many times. I'm just joking. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think that that's like a, a that's a very good observation. Interesting that Kathleen is dropping the 41 keeping the one. Uh, and watching season one at the same time as 41.
3: Sensible. yeah. Wait, but I have a question because Kathleen, and and Kathleen, please message me on Instagram to confirm this, but you said that you're watching 41 and 1 concurrently, but then your reference is a season two Australian Outback reference. So does this mean that you finished season one and are now currently doing... 41 and two, or like, I just would love a sense of where you're at in your journey. (laughs) Also, I just, I love hearing from people that are watching like one through 10. If you're in a pre idol season, I like, I love like shoot me a message. I love to chat about it.
2: Yeah. Uh, I do think that Danny would have fared well in an older season. Uh, And like I said, like when I say that 41 is playing out like an old school season, it's like partially because of people like Danny, like Danny would never get this far in other modern seasons. I think he's he's just like so clearly uh, a big uh, physical threat, but also uh, like, I don't wanna say social threat, but he's so likable, he's so likable. It's not that his social game per se is strong, but it's that uh, he, he has a big likability factor, which could become dangerous as we approach the end game. And if if he's in a final three, with two other people who are unlikable so if he's in a final three with like Deshaun and Xander not to say that they're unlikable but unlikable to the jury uh, Danny's winning right
1: hi team it's Gus from Chicago just saw the new episode Um, my question is I personally loved Deshaun's theatrics this episode I have hated live tribals um, I feel like it totally ruined Winners at War with all the whispering. It totally messes up any attempt for like narrative coherency about what happens on the island versus tribal. And so I'm wondering, do you think they could like make the rules that it has to be all in the open like this, or do you think it'll always like come off kind of sloppy and like uncouth as everyone made out to Sean to be this episode? Also wondering if you have any thoughts about Ricard being the first ever like queer challenge beast like ever, right? I think just kind of interesting. And then um, another underrated Survivor player, I would say, is Sherry from Fansworth's Favorites 2. Um, she was in an, in, in an impossible situation. I feel like you never give that enough credit. Like, there's no way she was going to win. She rocked the pre-merge. She knew what she had to do in the merge and then got reamed out for it and rightfully screamed at Eric. And I love that. Go, Sherry. Sherry? Sherry.
2: I never thought I'd hear, hear that name on our podcast. <laughs> But that's Ever. the
3: exact kind of name I want to hear. So thank you, Gus.
2: Yeah, that's good. That's real good. Sherry. I literally laughed out loud when I heard that the first time.
3: <laughs> Bring her back. That.
2: Bring Sherry back. Hey, fans versus favorites. She's a favorite.
3: A four-time challenge winner. I'm looking her up right now. It's like maybe am oh, speaking of she's challenge. She's tied dates, with
2: Ricard. It's... Speaking of which... Mm. Okay, so Ricard as a gay challenge beast. Okay, so I looked into the stats on this. Uh, I've now since seen that uh, Ricard has tweeted about this. So um, Rafe from Guatemala is actually tied with Ricard at this point. And I I forgot about this actually. So Rafe also had three individual immunity wins and an individual reward win. Same uh, breakdown as Ricard has at this point. Rafe, of course, placed third place. Uh, we will see how Ricard stacks up. I mean, Ricard has the opportunity to win again. Will he? Uh, yeah, I th- think everyone's sort of out to get him, so it's hard to say what's going to happen. But if he wins one more, he will be—he'll uh, set a record as the gay challenge beast of Survivor history. Yeah, which I'd love to see. I think it's been really fun to watch Ricard uh, win, to to watch Ricard be a challenge beast, because we're so used to seeing like dominant straight alpha men win. And, uh, particularly in this episode, it, like the way that his voice was sort of like shaky when he won, I thought it was really endearing. So, uh, I love this for Ricard. Hope he can pull out another win. We'll see. We'll see if he can beat Rafe. Rafe, by the way, like executive producer and writer on uh wheel of time or whatever it's called, <laughs> wheel of fortune. Oh, wow. what, what's that show called on Amazon? Um, no clue. anyway, he's doing big things, so good for Rafe.
3: Justice for Rafe,
2: I wonder what it's called the wheel of I think it's a wheel of time or anyway, it's like their Game of Thrones. It's like Amazon Prime's Game of Thrones. It's brand new. We should get Rafe on the podcast. Okay, let's hear from Brendan.
1: Hi, Sean and Evan. This is Brendan in North Carolina. My
3: question for you guys about this latest episode is, Why do you think Xander was not targeted, or at least why weren't we shown them targeting Xander, or no plan to split the votes and get the idol out?
6: The only thing I can think of is maybe, given all the talk about representation and
1: race this season, that maybe they assume that a white guy just won't win this season. And so he's less of a threat. And the Xander
3: we're seeing is maybe has more of a target than he really did on the island. What do you guys think? That's such a good question. That's such a good question. Thank you, Brendan. Um, well, I, I, th- I hadn't really thought about that until you brought it up. And that's actually, that is something really worth discussing with the alumni once we get in conversation with them after the fact. But yes, we've had several instances where they've been explicit about the consciousness around um, the show's sort of gender and racial bias right and how does that permeate into the jury votes right are there people who from the outset of the season the odds are inherently going to be stacked against them and if that is the case then Xander would be definitely fall under that category what makes Xander more complex in that sort of discussion is that Xander is both seems to be very well liked and is very good at the game of Survivor. And proof is in the pudding, right? He's evaded conversation about his elimination despite the fact that he is a physical threat, um, has an idol, and has strong relationships on the jury from former people that he was aligned with. So that is really, really interesting sort of how they go about navigating that because in any other circumstance, like if it comes to a Heather, you don't really have to do much thinking, even if you even if there is a racial or gender bias towards wanting a POC or a female winner. Um, you can easily just be like, well, I also I also just don't want Heather to win. But with Xander, it's made more complex by his gameplay. So more than anything, to your question, I would love to uh, posit that question to the players after the fact. But I I, I love that sort of um, perspective. I hadn't considered it.
2: Yeah, I do think that even outside of like the identity of Xander uh, and his whiteness and his straightness and his cisness, that uh, the way that we see the jury react to Xander is uh, not great. I don't like, I don't know that they dislike him, but I've always gotten the impression, sort of ever since. You know, Tiffany went to the jury that they did not love that Xander was in the game, and you could read that one of two ways. You could read it as being incredulous that the players are keeping him in the game, um, or you can read that as I hate that Xander's in the game. I hate his face. You know, and Leon is on the right. jury. We know she doesn't like Xander. Like she may be convincing them uh, not to vote for Xander. I just don't see a scenario. I like, despite the fact that. Eh, historically and the stats will tell us that xander will absolutely win if he goes to the final three um i don't know if i see it this season for all of these reasons
0: hey sean hey evan my name's ian i'm from florida huge fan of the podcast i love any gay people talking about survivor because it's two things i can relate to I thought that last night's episode was rather dull and ordinary. Nothing really exciting happened. I mean, Ricard winning immunity, I could see it from a mile away. And I feel that ever since the Shan boot, the season has really lost steam and excitement for me. And I'm not really... Looking forward to who's going to win the season, honestly, because I just am not that excited anymore since Shan has left. Uh, I have one question for you guys. Who do you think would play Erica in the movie of her life? Wow.
2: First of all, has the season lost steam since Shan went home? That's hard to say because that was two episodes ago. So like, I don't know that enough time has passed for the season to lose steam. Uh, I would like, you know, as we alluded to up top, this was not the most exciting episode. It was rather straightforward, but it's sort of like, to me, I've been thinking about how Ricard is going on this, not challenge street, but you know that he's, he's staying in the game based on winning challenges at this point. And, I guess for me that was like the exciting moment of this episode uh, because so often when people are winning challenges to stay in the game it's uh, not the people you want necessarily or the people I want so that's been like a little bit exciting for me Uh, but in terms of the way the vote actually played out yeah it wasn't as exciting but I'm not like totally down on the season and don't want any of these people to win I actually think like most of them have a pretty good case to win and could be good winners of this season.
3: I think that if Survivor didn't have the finale that has the final five in them, if we had to actually do an episode with the final five, an episode with the final four, and then the finale, yes, we would have definitely Mm. come to a halt. But I would say this episode, yes, we're, we're all aligned. This was a boring episode. But I think, as you pointed out, Last week's episode was so strong after Shan's booth that I definitely don't I think I would just say that like I would consider tonight's episode an outlier um more than sort of a downward trend.
2: Yeah. Uh okay. Oh Movie wait, and America's then who the is hu- life? Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. this is tricky because I I don't know if I can name a Filipina actress. Uh and like maybe that's on me, but maybe that's also on Hollywood. Uh so I guess I would have to name an actress who's not Filipino. So do you know who Erica has? uh, Okay. I've been trying to think like Erica has a specific energy to her uh, that I feel like other actresses have. And I can't like really pinpoint who it is, but it's almost like a Shoshana from Girls. What's her name?
3: Oh, Zasha
2: Mamet? <laughs> yeah. It's like almost that, but it's not that. I know that there's somebody better. But I also don't I... think that we should have a white woman playing Erica. And if we do, it's Scarlett Johansson.
3: I'm aligned <laughs> that um, we should not have a, a white woman playing Erica. Who should play Heather? I mean I don't have an answer. And that's unfortunate. Well, let's um, put it to the audience, because yeah, maybe, they, say, maybe they have some. We need to cast her. We've got to have the movie. So, I mean, at this point, I'm thinking we get an unknown um, and have this kind of be her breakout performance, but uh, I would definitely like to hear from people in terms of who we're casting. And then, while we're at it, I mean, shouldn't we cast the rest? Shouldn't everyone get a movie? <laughs> so, at this point, let's throw, uh, if people have thoughts about... Anyone. Yeah. Anyone.
2: Who should play Brad.
3: I'm hmm. Matthew know McConaughey. Place, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs>
2: yeah. uh, you okay. know
3: he'd play Brad and get an Oscar for it. So let's just Absolutely. put that out there.
2: Okay, let's hear another one.
1: Hi, hi. It's Fraser from Prince Edward Island. Uh, thanks for the great coverage all season. Been really enjoying dropping in the pod. Um, we've seen a few remarks this season, at least two, maybe more, about how long it's been. Since we've had a female winner, castmates actually commenting on the meta game, which I always love. What are the prospects of Erica taking down Ricard and taking her rightful crown at this point? Can we see a path to the end? Would they be including this if Erica doesn't win? Either way, I love that they're including it, and I, just like I loved the David Goliath reference last night in Tribal. Let me know. Cheers, guys.
3: Cheers, Fraser. Um, I think what's interesting, yes, there's absolutely a path for Erica to the end that, that we've discussed earlier in this episode. What makes that path all the more interesting uh, is a couple of things. Uh, one, that uh, Ricard winning in himself would be quite historic, right? So um, while we're having conversations about wanting another female winner and as we said earlier wanting a female winner of color um, and how historic that would be especially with her being the first asian female winner there's also history to be made with ricard and him being the first uh deaf brown queer winner on the show this is something that mm-hmm. he stated outright in his his casting video about wanting to go in and, and prove that he could win so What's so great about, uh, this particular cast is that you get, there's multiple avenues towards history. So, uh, yes, there is a path for Erica to win, but Ricard winnings also historic and Ricard also has a much clearer path to win. So at this point, it really is between the two of them. Um, not only in terms of who I think will win, but also, like, Survivor needs a big winner this season. We don't need a Ben. So I really feel like with either of them, you get someone who is going to be, as is, is a fan of the show, is going to be able to interview well about the show. Um, they both sort of have exciting lives to lead beyond the show, which I think mm-hmm. is a really exciting prospect as opposed to like, you know, just, I mean, all due respect and I, I, I love, I was gonna say, I love my girl, Heather. I don't know if I love my girl, Heather. I, <laughs> Heather exists. I'm not like, going to be super keen to listen to Heather's exit interviews after the show. Whereas like the thought of Ricard, like being on a podcast and like, like being free to talk about this season, like full body chills. So yeah, I, I think I'm being long winded, but yes, I think there's a path for Erica, but I also think there's an exciting path for Ricard as well.
2: Yeah. I wonder, do you think that Ricard default wins in a situation where both he and Erica are in the final three or could Erica pull out a win? Mm. Mm -hmm. I think there's a situation in which she can beat Ricard in a final three. No, no.
3: No, because Ricard's played—he's played too good of a game. You like—I—I I just don't know what knock you would have against Ricard.
2: Hmm.
3: Like, like, show me one bad move he made. I just think he. Well, yeah, and- well,
2: the 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 concern I have, which I think I mentioned last week, is that when Shan was sent home, she did not know that Ricard voted for her. And so when she said, you have my vote for a million dollars, she was under the impression that Liana had voted for her and that Ricard had voted for uh, Erica with with Shan. And so I don't think that we can necessarily hold on to Shan's declaration that uh, that Ricard would have her vote for the million dollars. And now that she knows this, I'll be curious to see this week's Ponderosa to see like how if if they show and how they show that she's she's continuing to process this. I don't think that Shin is happy with Ricard at this point. Whether she can get over that and reward his gameplay, uh, I think will depend on what he's able to pull out at final tribal. But uh, if, if we have a bitter jury on our hands, and honestly, the shots of the jury, every tribal council are not uh, very uh flattering uh they don't seem to be thrilled with who's left in the game and how they're playing it uh, we may have a bitter jury forming and there may be we're not really seeing ricard's relationships right uh i maybe we're not really seeing anybody's relationships but we're not seeing ricard connect on a personal level with a lot of people And so the concern that I have is that Ricard will go up and face the jury and not be likable enough to win, where Erica may be seen as more likable and have played a game that was more or less comparable to Ricard, and she will win on a likability factor.
3: I think Ricard is far more likable um, than we're seeing on the show. I think that Ricard is also strategic-minded enough to understand the value of the social game. So Yes, I'm not. I'm not uh, diluting your point, but I am saying that, like, I think that the that is something Ricard is conscious of in his gameplay, and I just imagine there's a lot we're not seeing.
2: Yeah, I would have to imagine there's a lot we're not seeing. Because uh, on the flip side, we're also not seeing Erica's personal relationships a whole lot. I mean, we saw her True. talk to Deshaun and cry uh, with him in this episode, so there's a little bit of a personal connection. But like, I wouldn't say that we've seen her closely connect with really anybody on the jury. In fact. Shan and Liana have wanted her out for quite a long time now. So uh, I doubt that they were forming a big personal bond with her. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. I I really, my hope for the finale is that we have a strong final three. Like I would love to see Erica. I would love to see Ricard. And I think it would be interesting to see Deshaun in the final three. uh, Just to see that dynamic play out. Uh, I feel like we'll have a Heather in the final three, which is just going to be like, well, like that's a waste of time, but uh, we'll see what happens. Okay. We have uh, one more voice memo that just came in from Alexa and uh, she sent one that was too late last time. And so I want, I haven't heard it. Let's play it and let's react to it.
6: Hi friends. Uh, I might be too late here, but I was finishing up listening to last week's episode and I watched last night's episode last night, and it is just driving me crazy. So I had to say, send over a quick note. But I know you guys love Heather. I'm very sorry. She is driving me crazy. I think this is too good a season for us to have a goat like Heather dragged all the way to the end. Especially a middle-aged white woman. I'm sorry. Especially after her whole... Conversation with Deshawn last night about oh what racism and her dumb white lady tears and I'm just very over her and I need her to go particularly if it means somebody like Deshawn or Ricard doesn't make it to the end because of her. Anyways, love you guys. Thanks. Bye.
2: Wait, there's more.
6: Okay, sorry I'm back because I am now nearing the end of last week's recap. So apologies for jumping the gun and I am hearing you both. Uh, kind of question Heather and it's making me feel a lot better because I will say I was um, very aware and like kind of looking at Heather with a different lens after you mentioned a couple weeks ago that people had been alluding to her not being aware of maybe some racial dynamics at play and so I'm hearing that you guys are acknowledging that and that makes me feel better but I just like I her... Face during last week's Tribal, her conversation with Deshawn this week is just so irritating and troubling. And I just cannot, they, it, they have to be helping her with her edit. There's no two ways about it. The timing is too, there's no such thing as that big a coincidence for her to get a talking head for the first time in what feels like weeks. And it's her being like, oh my gosh, racism is real. Who knew? And that whole conversation should just have happened. Like the timing, it has to be them trying to be letting her be the audience surrogate, those ignorant as fuck audience members that we know Survivor has. (sighs) Okay, sorry. Just had to get
2: that out. Alexa is worked up.
6: I get it.
3: Uh, we have, I mean, I think we've said everything we need to say about Heather, but I, I'll i I'll end by saying this. It's like, I don't think I will. <laughs> it's funny, looking back on us, being like, you know, the Heather Sons, blah, blah, blah. I don't think I'll think about Heather uh, again after this season. I yeah. Think she will be, yeah. uh, she's a non-canon player. So, yes, we spent quite a bit of time talking about her these last few weeks, or even actually we we specifically have spent quite a lot of time talking about her in an effort to, her status as a player in the first half of the game um, but uh, when you I, I don't think like Heather is I guess what I guess let's revisit this conversation once we once we have the reunion and we see if any of what Shannon alluded to in that one exit interview if we get any more from you know from that and then I think we can maybe see if Heather's worth unpacking some more
2: yeah uh, to to touch on Alexa's first point there about not wanting to see heather go to the end because it's not fun to watch it go get dragged to the end i mean that's what i was just saying before i had uh, played that voice memo so I totally agree uh but yes I, I do think the the timing is a little coincidental for heather to be getting this uh content uh, but not have been on the show basically up to this point like she's just now the vessel for uh the audience the white audience um, to say, like, oh, yeah, oh, okay, I see this issue now, and, like, I'm willing to learn. Um, I don't know that we need it, uh, but maybe some people do need it. I don't know. Uh, but, yes, I, I, to your point, I think I said this last week, like, or, or with Sophie or something, that I, I want to kind of, like, wait till we have the information. I mean, we've speculated quite a bit. Also, thank you, Alexa, for voice memoing us uh, in the midst of listening to our last uh, recap. I'd love to hear responses to exactly what we're saying Uh, that's fun for me but uh, yeah it's just uh, I would like to also have the information I think there is a lot more information out there that we are not hearing about and uh, I hope that we can unpack it a little bit and then forget about Heather so that's where I stand on Heather but uh, I also am looking forward to the Nicolette Sheridan uh, uh, limited series on (laughs) Other
3: slave. Yeah, I mean, I will be tuning in.
2: Yeah. Okay. Uh, with that, we have come to an end. Next week is the finale. Evan, uh, a winner prediction. Ricard. Okay. I'm gonna say Erica.
3: Yeah, I mean, I. It's I one of the two. <laughs> yeah, it's one of the two, and also this episode made a strong case for not for Erica's win but for the survivor editors scrambling to make Erica's win justifiable.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, we will be back next week to recap the 3 hour finale. Uh, I'm a little worried about how we're going to pull it off, but maybe we're not going to get into the details we <laughs> yeah, should we'll get into. To, uh, we got, yeah, we'll have we got we'll, we'll talk show. offline about this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah please uh, try to get your voice memos into us after the finale about what you thought about the winner uh was it a deserving winner did you think that the the jury chose right and what did we think of the reunion which i have no idea what to expect of course this is going to be the, the first finale since season one where the winner is revealed on site uh right after the vote and then we are going to have a reunion out there on the island i can't imagine what that's going to be like i wonder if we'll get any content from current day uh players even like i would hope the finalists like i hope that's something like satellite them in or something i don't know mm. uh but uh will be interesting to see it will be a historic finale uh for that alone so looking forward to it and we will have your recap uh up next thursday uh, make sure that you're subscribed to us so you don't miss it and thanks for listening Bye. Bye.